0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race, hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. As Omicron cases strain hospitals across the country, the Surgeon General warns that the worst is yet to come. In Illinois, the record-breaking surge has dramatically increased COVID deaths. New data show that Black Chicagoans and suburban residents over 60 die at disproportionate rates. The numbers also reveal this startling fact. Unvaccinated people in Illinois are 22 times more likely to die from COVID complications than vaccinated people. We'll hear from WBEZ senior editor Alden Lowry in just a moment, But first, WBEZ reporter Kristen Schorsch reminds us that we in Illinois are not out of the woods yet.
2: You know, even if we're starting to see a drop in cases, what public health officials have talked about is typically if you test positive, if you are going to end up at the hospital, that doesn't take, you know, it takes about two to four weeks for that to happen, right? So. Even if cases are starting to look a little better, they're still expecting hospitalizations and deaths to continue for quite a while, which is the big alarm bells that we're all hearing about.
1: Yeah. Alden, what does the data tell us about who is dying from COVID in Illinois and Chicago?
0: Well, it's showing us some familiar numbers. Uh, it's, it's showing us that the rates uh, are higher for uh, people of color, particularly for African-Americans and Latinos compared to white and, and Asians. Uh, not only are the infections are uh, typically higher, those groups, but the deaths are higher. And it's also showing us that most of the people that are dying from COVID are, are older, folks who are 60 years and older. What's been interesting, though, is that the trends that we saw at the beginning of the pandemic are starting to come back, Mm. Um, not as prominent as they were maybe at the beginning of the pandemic, but still uh, to a degree that I think it's noteworthy.
1: So in the earliest weeks of the pandemic, uh, as you note, it was Chicago's Black residents who were dying of COVID at alarming rates. So are we seeing that same pattern again now with Omicron?
0: Uh, not quite as dramatic. Uh, what we're seeing is, uh, you know, as you know, I think among the first 85, 90 or so deaths in Chicago, uh, African-Americans made up uh, roughly 70% of those deaths. And we're talking literally the first three to four weeks of COVID. It was really fresh. And the people who were perhaps most vulnerable were the ones who were dying immediately. And sadly, a number of them were were in the African-American community. Uh, What we're seeing now is that African-Americans are are slightly uh, above 50 percent in terms of the the number of deaths, uh, which is still far higher than their share of the population in Chicago, but not quite as dramatic as what we saw in the earliest days of the pandemic.
1: And what's the story with uh, older suburban white residents? They're also dying at high rates, too.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. But uh, you know, particularly when you look at, at white suburban Cook County uh, residents sixty years and older, they're they're roughly six percent of the population in suburban Cook County, but they make up over half the deaths uh, that we've seen with COVID. And the numbers, or the death numbers for those sixty and older, um, has spiked uh, some since the arrival of the Omicron variant and that's not a statistic that i think there has been much uh, attention paid to that but that appears to be a particularly vulnerable population as well
1: in any hotspots in the suburbs
0: a number and uh this uh, was also somewhat of a surprise i would say uh, uh the northern suburbs northwestern suburbs southwest south suburbs uh i mean places like uh you know norridge which is you know wedged in the middle of the northwest side of chicago um, but uh, you've got Lincolnwood, uh, Niles was another uh, uh, community where one of the zip codes with the highest rates was found. But you're also finding them uh, in places like Crestwood, uh, in places uh, in the south suburbs like uh, Robbins, uh, and, and some other uh, kind of lower income African American uh, south suburban communities.
1: I see. Kristen, what does the data show us about how this third wave that we're going through right now is impacting kids?
2: Always oh, impacting kids. Well, so across Illinois, there have not been a lot of deaths of young people, which obviously is really great news. But, of course, no no one wants to see a kid hospitalized with COVID. Um, what we know, what we've known during the pandemic is that kids are low risk. The youngest kids are at low risk of getting and spreading COVID. But we have been seeing... More kids being hospitalized, and one of the scary things that pediatricians have pointed out to me is this uh, multi-system inflammatory disease, where essentially kids will have heart failure um, if they wow. if they get COVID. And so, the silver lining I've heard from public health experts and, and pediatricians is is that the, the numbers continue to be low compared to adults who are hospitalized with COVID. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to piggyback too on like Alden's analysis of the data in terms of what I think has not been talked a lot about is the why older people, while it's a really largely vaccinated group, are dying of COVID at such high rates. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were telling me, if you think about it, people who were older were among the first to get COVID vaccines back in last uh, late January, early February. You know, their vaccine started to wane five to six months later. So then that gets you in the fall. And if they got booster shots, those boosters are starting to wear off about now. I see. So for, you know, the Cook County Medical Examiner was telling me that, you know, the deaths that she's seeing, Well, they don't have medical records for every single person that they, whose death they investigate, the majority are either unvaccinated people or they're older people who didn't get boosters. You know, I just, I think that's really telling. And I think that's just something people are not talking a lot about.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sticking with you for a moment here, Kristen, you mentioned talking with some medical professionals. Of course, I I imagine they shared their insights, what they're seeing personally in their hospitals over the past few weeks. Any other anecdotes you can share?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it depends who you ask, right? I mean, in the hospitals, they're, they're still slammed with cases they're exhausted, they're burned out. Um, I talked to a physician at Stroger Hospital, which is the, you know, the biggest safety net in the region for patients who are low income or don't have health insurance. And this one doctor told me that it's just time and time again, the bulk of his patients are unvaccinated. And when he asks why, you know, they tell him either they didn't trust the vaccine or they were telling him information that was just incorrect that they'd heard from friends and family. Mm-hmm. And he's just, yeah, he's frustrated. He's he's angry that to him, it didn't have to be this way that we have vaccines that have been proven to be safe. And also I, I talked with a primary care physician who um, works out in the South suburbs and runs a group of clinics there. And she was telling me, you know, she's not you know, treating patients in the hospital, but she is the touch point for the families whose loved ones are hospitalized. And she's going back and forth trying to report back for those in the ice, you know, from a patient in the ICU to the family on the ground. Mm-hmm. She's seeing the same thing, largely unvaccinated patients, um, patients who have comorbidities, like, you know, heart disease or, or diabetes are hospitalized. And she's asking, like, could I have said something different in these conversations I had with these patients? She was telling me uh, about one conversation she had recently with a patient who was in his 60s and, and unvaccinated and is in the ICU. Um, so I think it's, you know, obviously it's a, a real toll it's to taking on the families. Yeah. But it's also really hitting the provider's hard. Um, you know, this doctor did tell me a silver lining she's seeing is that they are having more family members and patients come in asking to get vaccinated because they're seeing well, so much death in their communities. Yeah, well, well, speaking of of
1: vaccinations, um, Alden, the data shows the unvaccinated are 22 times more likely to die than those who have gotten their shots. And we know in the piece you you write that black Chicagoans remain the least vaccinated of the city's four largest racial groups. From what you've learned this entire time, Alden, has the reasoning that black Chicagoans give for not getting the shot changed at at all over time?
0: Um, I mean, it's a good question and it's hard to say. I I think the reticence that there's been in the community is still strong and still strong with a number of folks. Uh, Early on, I think there were some struggles with regard to access with the vaccine. But I think largely those issues have been dealt with. Not to say they've been completely wiped away, but there's been a lot of time uh, and there's been a a fair amount of effort coming from the Lightfoot administration. I mean, literally they're telling people, we will come to your home and vaccinate you if you need it. So those barriers, I don't think have been as much of a problem. Uh, I think largely now it's it's still mostly a reticence of, of among, particularly among black Chicagoans or some black Chicagoans, I should say, uh, to the vaccine, either a lack of trust in terms of uh, the distribution of a, of a vaccine uh, altogether, uh, history with regard to uh, prior struggles that the black community is, uh, has had with uh, medical efforts, uh, but then also just the sense that uh, there's a, a lack of uh, trust in terms of whether the vaccine is ultimately healthy for them. If it'll cause them problems um, beyond uh, what is being publicly shared, and again, part of that distrust is is rooted in uh, a history of struggles that the Black community in particular has suffered with regard uh, to the medical community.
1: Kristen, what did you hear about why people aren't getting vaccinated?
2: A lot of the same things that Alden just said. Um, Deep mistrust about the vaccine. Misinformation is a big one. Just people hearing from friends and family about something harmful, a side effect it could cause later on that that science has proven out. Even still. And still they're saying these things. Even still. Even still. And, And I realize, right, we've had the vaccines out for a year. It was incredibly fast of a timeline. But Public health experts have told us that that they're safe and yeah. millions of people have gotten them. So it is it is a struggle for providers to really try and convey this information and, and for people who are kind of on the fence about a vaccine to get one. Yeah.
1: And what's also going around uh, the rumor mill, Kristen, is, is how quote unquote mild the Omicron is, right?
2: Right. No, that's a big one, too. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it is mild for a lot of people who get Omicron. Omicron is not. It's highly contagious, but people tend to get less sick with it. But obviously that's not the case with people who are unvaccinated because they are the ones who are really filling up hospitals right now. They are they are getting very sick and dying of this. Um, but yes, public health officials are telling me that they really don't like this message that Omicron is mild because it's mild to who, right? Yeah. And also, even if you are vaccinated and you get Omicron and you don't get sick, you could spread it to someone else who is immunocompromised or those elderly folks, right, who didn't get boosted yet, Those people might end up in the hospital and get sick because it is so contagious. Yeah.
1: Well, earlier, Kristen, you you mentioned the silver lining, right, that the doctor told you that, you know, there has been some increase in vaccinations. Uh, But, you know, as we close the conversation, Alden, did you hear anyone say anything hopeful about what we can expect in the coming months?
0: I mean, the most hopeful thing I've heard is that uh, there's this anticipation that the peak is nearing, that we're, we're going to get there. And as Kristen mentioned, when we opened it, we haven't gotten there yet. Mm. And I don't know if we should, <laughs> we should remain uh, so optimistic that it, it's coming in the next day or two. Uh, the other thing is that the booster and, and the, the notion that uh, as more and more people get the booster, they will be uh, more protected and, and that that might have an impact on the numbers that we're seeing right now. But by no means, is this a situation that we should all feel comfortable with.
1: Yeah. Well, we've been speaking with WBEZ's Alden Lowry. Also with us, Kristen Schorsch, discussing the latest COVID data in our area. Thank you both. Well, that's it for today's Reset. On this show, we place value on communities that suffer the most but are supported the least. To help us give voice to the voiceless, please give us a rating. It helps people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and please come back tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.